Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen, at snc.tv and local now, channel 525. Okay, let's talk your former CIA. Now, when you say CIA, most people, it comes to your mind, she was a spook, okay? <laughs> Is that a proper way to think of somebody from the CIA? Probably not. But okay, all right. <laughs> so I worked or undercover. Jason Borg, yeah, you know? I, yeah, I'm a little like Jason Bourne, you know? Okay, all right. That's fine. You worked undercover. <laughs> yes. Well, give my listeners, uh, you know, some information about what you used to do. Uh, so my job as a counterterrorism officer was to meet, recruit, and develop sources who can give you the insider information you need to stop terrorist attacks from occurring. Okay. So it means you're not meeting with Boy Scouts. You're meeting with terrorists because they are the ones who have the insider info. Okay. So that makes it a very dicey but very interesting job. So did you sit down with other intelligence organizations, you know, MI6 and others, and and share information with them and things of that nature? Um, No comment. No comment. Okay. (laughs) you got to understand when you're listening to an interview like this, if someone's worked in the government, when you leave, you do sign paperwork that yes. says you won't talk about things. I, I had a top secret clearance in the Air Force, and there are things that I can't talk about that I was privy to. Exactly. Um, yeah, I can't even talk about it now. I'm trying to think of something that I could talk about, and I can't. So what drove you or what made you want to do that job? So I had spent, I had a real passion to learn about foreign cultures, and that passion took me to the Middle East as a student. Okay. I did mission trips. I did study abroad program in Cairo. And so, and then I ended up studying at Georgetown, uh, getting my master's in Arab studies. And because I spent so much time in the Middle East, and I was very familiar with the way that terrorism had developed in places like Egypt and Saudi Arabia, I knew what the threat was to us. The threat of Al-Qaeda was no surprise to those of us who were watching uh, how the terrorists uh, developed their ideology in places like Egypt and Saudi. Mm-hmm. And so when they started attacking us in 1998 in Dar es Salaam and Nairobi, the rest, we weren't surprised at all. Okay, so you guys aren't surprised, but higher up people who give the marching orders to people and things of that nature evidently thought, Eh, they're just a bunch of towel heads. What can they do to us? So I wasn't in the CIA at that point. I didn't go in until right after 9-11. Okay. Yep. And so 9-11 was a wake-up call for a lot of people who like to view the rest of the world as Americans. Like Pearl Harbor was a wake-up yes, call? Yes, exactly. Okay. You know, these people in different cultures don't think like Americans. They have a different way. What a big of, surprise, huh? Yeah. Yeah, that's a big, that's a big surprise to a lot of people. I, I, I talked to my listeners a couple of weeks ago about the... The, the Olympics going on in South Korea and how upset some people were that they eat dog in, in South Korea. And I said, they eat dogs like you eat hamburgers. What do you think the people in India think of us? Right. Yeah. You know, we're, I, I, we're horrible for eating animals. You know, wake right? up yeah. and understand it's a different culture. And, and so let's spend some time talking about that. Yes. Because the way people think in the Middle East is not Western thought. It's right. a totally different viewpoint. I mean, I've been teaching my... Uh, my uh, life group in church about you know, the the Jewish idioms and things of that nature and some of the things that we think we know about the Bible, we really don't know about the Bible because yes. we look at it 
in a western frame and not in that eastern frame that they had. Exactly. Totally different. Totally We different. want answers to everything. Within and immediately. Yeah. And in Judaism, they're happy with saying, well, it's God. I like that. That's a good I mean, point. I mean, it, when we look at, for instance, let's talk about Obama just for a moment. Did they not understand that the Iranians think totally different from us? And the, th- and the things that they wanted to get from us was right. to push forth, you know, where they want to get to? Yes. So which is to control and influence as much of the, the Middle East as possible. Yes. Absolutely. And so we're ignoring, and we're still ignoring, the threat of Iran mm-hmm. to all of these our Sunni allies. And they're like... Guys, you've got to understand, Iran's got big aspirations. And yes. yeah, if they keep spreading their they used influence. To be Persia. Exactly. Yes. You know, they that's still in their history, that's still in their blood, that's still in their DNA. Yeah. I mean, look, they're the biggest giver to Hamas and to Hezbollah. Yes, and indeed. And and so they're causing so much angst amongst our allies, like Saudi Arabia and Egypt and United Arab Emirates. I and mean, this is an existential crisis for them. This, you know, whether they continue yeah. or whether Iran upends them and causes instability in their kingdoms. Okay, so if you had 30 minutes with the president and could sit down and talk about this, what would you tell him they should do about Iran? Should they, should they break this deal that Obama, you know, stopped investigations of drug running and all oh, kinds of stuff for money idea. and things of that nature? Or is there a way that we can actually move forward with this country? Or is it possible to move forward with this country? I think there's, we could be doing a much better job of stopping the, the money flow and the finance, um, the black market stuff that North Korea and Iran and all these people are doing. Um, we could be using our intelligence organs to do a much better job of targeting these countries and figuring out how to stop that flow. Okay, so if you were working right now with the CIA, I'm sure you would be interested in the people that are in Iran that are starting to stand up and saying, we're not going to take this anymore. Right, right? absolutely. I mean, you know, yeah, I'm going to take off my hajib and I'm going to walk around without one on. Right. I mean... It's very well, brave, by the way, yes, it for is. them to do that. You know, you end up dead if you yeah. know you push too hard. Look at the women in Afghanistan. Exactly, and what went on over there. So, what would you tell the president about that? How do we support those people in a way that? Uh, Maybe as a safe way. I mean, it's hard for us to do that yeah. because it needs to be an organic movement. Yes, you know, and so and if the U.S. hand is seen, is seen or people think we're involved, that might discount that movement. So we have to be very careful. But again, I think if you look, let me just give you an idea. How okay. are you going to stop the money flows? Okay, look yeah, at the children me. of the Ayatollahs. Okay. Look at the children of the IRGC Quds Force officers. They're living the large life all you over the they world, are. and they're, they're facilitating black market activities, and we're really not looking at that. And we're not taking care of it. No, we could be doing such a better job. And we have North Korean agents being sent out all over Asia to get educated on how to uh, do cyber um, operations. We should be targeting North Koreans that are getting their education all over Asia. That is a huge, huge problem 
you know, enormous. Cyber crime is. Yeah. We got to be very, very careful with that. I mean, yes. we're being attacked daily. They're probing our defenses all the time. So I think we need to be giving more resources to the CIA to do those types of things. Okay. Yeah. How about talk to my listeners about you don't have to be be scared of your own CIA. <laughs> you know how people well, get about the CIA. It's uh, you know, but the CIA is focused on external activities, and they sh- are not supposed to be by law focused internally. Yes. Yes. So maybe maybe a little bit of the pressure came off with the NSA taking most of the pressure now. I don't know. Right, right. Thank you, NSA. I don't don't have any idea how that is exactly playing out with the the American public's mindset. But it seems sometimes that Americans see the CIA as a threat and not as people that are protecting us. Uh, Yeah, well, as someone who worked in the trenches, I can tell you there are so many really good people who are working inside the CIA every single day to stop attacks from occurring, to protect the United States. But at the same time, I also say the CIA needs to change. Mm -hmm. It's a very dog-eat-dog hostile culture, and we don't reflect. Everybody wants to move up. Exactly, and you step on each other to do that. Mm -hmm. A lot of people do, I should say, not all of them. Um, But we need to be... uh, getting more diversity into the CIA. I mean, if we're going to successfully target Iran, North Korea, all these other places, we've got to have people who know those cultures. They need some Middle Eastern thoughts. I I would agree with that wholeheartedly as well. And I know that they were uh, CIA and and other intelligence organizations were out recruiting people from those cultures. But We need to do a much better job. Much, much better. Okay, so how, how do you go about and do that? What do you say to somebody and you say, I want you to go watch the evil people from your culture. I mean, you got to say it differently than I just said it. It's uh, probably no comment on that one. Okay. How do you do that? Yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm, I'm a big book reader and, you know, I, I love reading the old, uh, the, the Mitch Rapp uh, books and, you know, he worked with the CIA and whatnot. Yeah. And it's hard to to separate fact from fiction yeah. as far as that goes. So let's put you back in the CIA right now. And how would how do you infiltrate terrorist groups? Can you talk about that a little bit without giving anything away? Yeah. So what I've been cleared to share is the fact that in order to get um, bad guys to work with you, you've got to understand their motivation. You know, so some of them will do it for money. Some of them do it for ego. Some of them do it to take out the competition. Okay. Some of it do because they think the CIA is going to protect them in a war zone and all of this. And I say it doesn't matter what the motivation is. You just have to know what that is. You've got to figure it out. Yeah, you've got to figure it out. You've got to know it, and you've got to stay on top of it. Because otherwise, as an intelligence officer, how do I then influence you and help encourage you to do the things that I need to give me that intelligence? Because they're risking their lives by right. doing this. Sure they are. Because they could be outed, you know, that information could be leaked, or if there's like five guys who know that protected information, and our military or another military raids their safe house, they're going to know that they have uh, a mole in their midst. And so they're risking their lives by giving us that information. Okay, now that ISIS has basically been destroyed, I mean, it's a shadow of what it was. Right. Uh, 
who's out there on the on the horizon that you kind of you I don't know if you can talk about it. All right, that's out there. So I'm out now, we, so I can talk about that in the we sense might be of worried about the um, ISIS is just the remnants of Al Qaeda in Iraq right. reconstituted. Okay, so who's reconstituting ISIS? There's somebody <laughs> so out who there? knows what's exactly how it's going to morph? But what we have are what we call squirters, those who weren't killed leaving Iraq and Syria. Some going back to their their homes, which are in Europe, Middle East, United States even. That's what people don't understand. Yeah. And then, here's the other thing nobody's talking about. How many of them are going to the lawless country of Libya and even places like Egypt and in the Sinai Peninsula? So I think we're going to have a huge problem emanating out of North Africa that originated in Syria and Iraq. All right. I said the last question. This is the last question. <laughs> Give me your view of how important controlling the southern border and the northern border is. It's not as big of a problem on the northern border, but I've talked to the Texas Sheriff Association in Texas. They find prayer books, prayer rugs, all kinds of stuff out in the desert of people who have come across our border. How important is border security? I mean, for me, border security is always really critically important because the bad guys always look for the holes and yeah. I know how to get in. Uh, I haven't seen too many people from the Middle East use those land borders, to be fair. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that they use uh, a visa system that doesn't know how to correctly vet or properly vet people. I think it's much easier to get in than crossing the border from Mexico. Isn't that crazy? Uh, yeah. yeah, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. All right. Well, I appreciate you coming by and speaking to us. I, I I like people who have have a real-time view of this stuff and have been in the trenches and can talk about it. Yeah. Uh, before you leave, I'll grab your card so in the future, if we need somebody like you, I can give you a call and we can Please. get you on the air. Please do. Fabulous. Be great. Thank you Thank very you. much, and we appreciate your time. Thank you.